Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartet Sun Up Podcast once again. I'm Josh Hoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Andrew Ortega. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, obviously, we got to go over Misfits Boxing and KSI getting a win. Uh, UFC Paris going down this Saturday from France. Uh, Andy Ruiz coming back to the ring on Sunday. And also, we got a bunch of news that has dropped. Before we get into all of that, as always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. This code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. You know me, I'm hitting the gym really hard. and trying to get into really, really good shape before the winter comes. You know what I always have with me at the gym? My Rogue Energy Shaker bottle. Keeping me fueled, keeping me feeling good during the workout, keeping me feeling good throughout the day. RogueEnergy.com, code SOUNDOFF for 10% off. Last Saturday night from the O2 Arena in London, England. No, there was no MMA last week of any form. Well, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that in the news section. There was on Friday night, but on Saturday night, there was nothing to watch except for KSI making his return to the boxing for the first time in three years. Last time he fought with obviously that win over Logan Paul on the zone. He returns to the zone to fight not one but two men. And um, <clears throat> look, there was a lot of hype going into this one. It had pretty much, I mean, no, it was like number one trending on Twitter, this event was, whenever it's going on, because uh, there was nothing else going on that at the time. Uh, so it got a lot of attention. Unfortunately, I don't think the fights in terms of KSI has lived up to the hype, but at the end of the day, he did get two wins, two knockouts. He faced Swarms on the opening fight of the card, knocked him out in round two, and then he faces two and five professional boxer from Mexico, Luis Alcatraz Pineda, knocks him out in round three. He got a combined 10 knockdowns through two fights. Angel, my man, it was pure dominance on Saturday. Uh, give me your thoughts on his two wins. I mean, look, I mean, the opponents weren't it, but he, he performed twice in one night, which is hard to do. And on top of that, he did it in the fashion he had to do it. He put him out how he's supposed to, and that's two pro wins on the record, man. And he's back in it. He looks motivated. He's excited. He called out people. And it looks like he's fully invested into boxing again. Correct. And he's now sitting at 3-0 and in Angel. He's also, most importantly, the ICB Cruiserweight Champion. How could I forget, man? Uh, he's holding the title now. <laughs> Did he technically perform his first defense? Yeah, that was a title defense. There you go. He's already got one under his belt. How about that? Yeah, man. Um, look, man, uh, in terms of the fights... He did what he had to do. The opponents looked like, I mean, Swarms, we knew that, um, he apparently has been the backup for a long time. They said ever since the fight with Osabi got announced, but I guess he only started training boxing when he got the official, like, call that, like, yeah, you're going to be fighting. So that was, like, three weeks ago. So, yeah, he looked pretty rough, but not as bad as Luis Alcatraz Pineda. Uh, that kid. Yeah, the moment got to him. We were talking a little bit right before we started. He looked like he was under some real pressure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, apparently he had something like 40 AMI fights, and he's, he had, had seven professional, but look, dude, to go from fighting in, in clubs in Mexico to in front of like 15,000 of O2, it's a huge, huge leap. So, 
Uh, yeah, the moment totally got to that kid. And, you know, I, I even felt bad for him. He's like, a lot of people were clowning on him. And to be fair, he did kind of make himself look like a clown during the fight. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, this kid, I saw a lot of interviews of him during fight week. He seems like a good kid. I'll give him a pass. But, yeah, I honestly, even JJ admitted he's like, yeah, I expected a lot more from this kid. But, Same. <laughs> yeah, got knocked down eight times across three rounds, and, and JJ got the win in round three. Uh, it, it was what it was. Um, overall, though, this card, in terms of, like, we've had some really, really solid YouTube boxing events. I, like, KSI Logan 1 was, was pretty great. KSI Logan 2 was pretty great. Creator Clash I thought was really, really, really fun. But this one, in terms of, like, top to bottom, it might be the greatest YouTube boxing card because in the co-main event, we'll, we'll run down there real quick. Slim knocks out face temper. This is not just a this is a clean left hook knockout. Put him out cold. Uh temper got up. They actually gave him the count if I remember correctly, which is surprising. But yeah, man, this was a savage win by him, and he's now a guy to watch. What do you think about his win? I said it, man. He's one of the guys that, that people were sleeping on on YouTube boxing just because he wasn't on any of those super big profile like matches and obviously he debuted against Fuzi and beat the fuck out of him <laughs> and uh he, he had another fight against another opponent in the um in the Middle East on that one of the, one of those cards that was I think headlined by money kicks against a guy who, you know smart than him not not hadn't didn't seem like I had much experience and then he did it against another guy who was smaller but iced him out though put him out cold but I could tell he clearly had skills and I said it, man. I mean, like, don't be surprised. Or I said something. I mean, maybe he could ice Tommy. And he did. He iced Tommy. Tommy was a guy who everybody, I mean, everybody in the community had a lot of faith in Tommy going into this. Everybody was really shocked in the face community about Tommy getting, uh, you know, getting finished like that, man. And, uh, yeah, no, that was, uh, I mean, I, I said it. Slim's a good guy. He's a guy, he's a guy to keep an eye out. I fucking, I don't know, Jake will never go after him, but I think he's one of the most interesting matchups in the creator community if he ever does decide to go after one of those guys. And weight-wise, he's not too far off, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. And I, I'm actually, I really didn't even talk about JJ's callouts. Um, he called out Slim. He called out Andrew Tate. He called out uh, the winner of McBroom versus Gibb. Um, of those three fights, which one would you most like to see? Uh, oh, fuck. Okay. That I would like to see, I'd like to see Andrew Tate just because of the hype train right now. Ones that I think makes the most sense right now in order, I think, would be, uh, the winner of McBroom and, uh, Gibb. Because mm-hmm. if, I know McBroom has an insane following, super loyal fan base, and I know that could sell very well. A lot of pay-per-views there, a lot of attention. Obviously, if his performance is good, even better. We'll see another creator. And then fucking the Tate, one of the Tate brothers, which I'm assuming Andrew Tate. Obviously, with all the drama going out, he's at peak following. He has a crazy following, too. Extremely loyal following as well. Uh, obviously, experience a lot. Champion of kickboxing, as we, as we constantly hear. There, there's something there. There's a lot of selling points that can be done in Europe again. Obviously, that's a big market right now. Uh, across all combat sports and especially right now with JJ and his kind of following in Europe. I mean, he would do just great in the U.S., but I mean, also, you know, Tate being a, I think American British technically is what they call him. Mm-hmm. And they, they could do something there with him. And I think at the bottom, Slim, I think Slim is good. He, the thing is, if you were just finding out about him and I think if he gets another big win, that's, uh, that's going to do it for him. I think he, I think he could take it on down. It'd be fine. It's a hard matchup, very difficult guy. Uh, but, 
I think as far as like right now though, it doesn't make the most sense just because I mean the people are just getting to find out about him. Even though he does have uh, a few wins now under his belt, but uh, you know, I mean, you know how it is right now. It's all about clout in this fucking creator community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. In terms of like, I'm pretty much in agreement there with you. I think in terms of like what I would like to see, if I'm being honest. Probably Andrew Tate. I think it'd be really kind of a funny matchup. I was thinking it's one where it's very winnable for JJ. I was thinking it's very. We talked about this with the Jake thing too. Like I, I encourage people to actually go watch Andrew Tate's fights before. Like you just you know you you're like oh shit he's gonna fuck him up you know like because he's you know oh he's a kickboxing champion but like kickboxing is like the only sport on the planet where like there's seventeen thousand world champions who are undefeated. <laughs> I mean, boxing's kind of like that too, but like it's so much different, dude. Like, but anyways, like I, I encourage you to actually go watch those fights because I think JJ beats him, and I also think that'd be a really fun buildup. In terms of what I think is likely to happen, though, I think the winner of McBroom Gibb makes a lot of sense, especially if it's McBroom. I don't know if he'd want to fight Gibb, but maybe. Um, and then lastly, Slim. I mean, it's nothing against Slim, but I just don't – there's not as much hype behind that, in my opinion. Um, although I think it would be a very, very good fight, you know. So Yep, he's very talented. Yeah, correct. But anyways, man, he picked up a nice one in the, in the co-main. But, Angel, the people's main event, um, Deji versus Fuzi, the tank, he gets his first win. And God damn it, he might have been – he might have had the greatest performance on the card. From round one on, he just – not even round one on, from the moment the bell sounded, he was just going off. Like, he was, this was his Max Holloway, Calvin Cater moment. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it he was. couldn't be hit, and he couldn't miss. Um, Deji gets the win in, uh, T- by TKO in round three, man. Give, give me your thoughts. No, I mean, another, look, great performance. I mean, from everything he's done, best performance he's had, performance of the night, well-deserved. Got a good victory, and uh, he did it the right way, man. He finally got it, and it seems like he kind of pieced it together. Obviously, there's a lot to work with there, but at this level, I think he's doing he's, he's in a good spot. Just continue to grow, man. And hopefully, we can see him in there again, and I think he will be. I mean, Josh, I was looking at something very recently. I mean, as far as – I was looking at his channel. I mean, he hasn't uploaded, like, non-boxing-related content for almost over a year now, like a year, almost nearing a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's these guys have invested a lot of time. Deji's invested a lot of time into this. And all his content has been just him training or announcing his next opponent or related to something and somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's taking it seriously. And um, everybody expected Fuzi to kind of beat him up because, you know, he's in such such great shape. He's and, fucking yoked. Yeah, but it don't matter. You've seen it, man. Yeah, it, just, it didn't even matter. Yeah. Um, he, looked, he looked really, really damn good, you know. Um but, yeah, man, as far as the rest of the card goes, the intercard, there was a lot of good performances. Uh, but which ones are you most looking forward to uh, talking about? Oh, man, it's, I saw Poppy, man, very quick. But, man, the guy who was in there with did not deserve to be in there with him. I think Chris Eubank Jr. might have even said the same thing. Yeah, Andy Wardsky came out with that eight, 1850s boxing stance. And I was like, oh, man, this is not going to be good. It's <laughs> a good way to put it right there. Yeah, he looked he looked rough. But, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, Saul Poppy, I, I think he's the guy that, like, this card benefited him so much um, just because he got so much attention on him. And, 
getting a knockout like that. Like that knockout went viral. It's twenty nine seconds. It was on ESPN, right? Like yeah, ringside. It was, yeah, I think, I think was, so. I think, I think it was the only one that got on there, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, dude, I mean, just an absolutely insane performance, an insane knockout. So, yeah, man, um, it's all a win by him. It's all a win. Granted, Andy Warsey shouldn't have been in there, but still, you can only beat who's in front of you. Um, King Kenny, that was a terrible decision over Face Sensei. That motherfucker, man, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't even understand what's like. I mean, this is the second time in a row that he's had like a robbery win. Granted, the temper one got overturned. This one might be overturned, but I think he came out of Twitter. He's like, "Whoop, that's another overturned <laughs> match." Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was terrible, man. I mean, I don't understand how you can watch that. I don't understand how you can have eyes and give and give, and give Kenny that win. Because um, you know, King Kenny, he, he train, he trains. He's in shape. I thought he had a good jab. He had a good. He did a good job of keeping Sensei at bay. But anytime Sensei went forward and actually tried to land, he, he pretty much did. And he rocked him multiple, like two or three times. So terrible decision. Um, Dean the Great knocked out Evil Hero. That was a great win. Great win. That was a very fun fight. Only lasted three minutes. Both guys were slanging though. Uh, and then Sam Hyde, the Candyman, uh, defeats Hyam Johnson in round three. That fight was terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, but yeah, he got the win. So yeah, man. I mean, look for a ten dollar pay per view on the zone. You got your money's worth. It was a fun night of fights. There was nothing else to do. Yep. Overall, a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. They um, priced it right. No, no, they absolutely did. Yeah, it was like ten bucks here and twelve bucks in the UK. Do we have any idea how much they sold? Not yet. Uh, it'll probably come out in the next few weeks. Yeah, but I'm sure they did good. Yeah, I mean, I doubt it was like a million pay per view guys, and if it was, holy fuck. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I would not be surprised if it does over a million. I mean, for a ten dollar price point, and considering like that shit was like trending all day, dude. It was, it was all over everything: Instagram, Twitter, probably even Facebook. Fucking knows, fucking MySpace. <laughs> that shit doesn't even exist. <laughs> MySpace is on. It was on. Um, oh my god, I can't think of like the other Pinterest. The, Pinterest. It was on Pinterest. It was everywhere, dude. Um. Whatever social media you can think of, it was on there. Yeah, I can't even, I can't even, I can't even think of any other ones. But yeah, it's close enough. Um, but yeah, man, overall, uh, solid night of fights. But, but we have actual like super high level combat going. Down oh come on, Josh, that was the pinnacle of combat sports right there. You, you I mean, no. <laughs> yes, Josh, dude. Robert Whitaker, Marvin Tory could not match up against fucking Salt Poppy versus fucking whoever the other guy's name was. I can't even think of it. Morsey, I think. Yes. Tell you. Um, anyways, man. Uh, I think so you're mistaken, Josh. I think you're mistaken. I, you know, I might be, but. God. Fucking uh, UFC Paris going down this Saturday night from the Accor Arena in Paris, France. Uh, wee oui, wee, oui. baguettes. Uh, they finally touched down in, in France, man. Uh, it's been, I mean, I, I don't think most people even know, but like, MMA has been illegal in France all the way up until two years ago. Yeah, I mean, um, MMA is illegal in other countries too. It still is, yeah. But France is a big one, considering just a lot of fighters have actually came out of France, which makes it surprising. But, anyways, man. 
in the main event, uh, Cyril Gaon is going to be returning for the first time since his loss to Ngannou in January. He, he uh, former interim heavyweight champion. Uh, that was in a very intense fight. Uh, just barely came up short. He's fighting tight to Ivasa. Bam Bam is on the best run of his career so far. He's won five fights in a row, all by knockout. Stefan Struve, the GOAT, Harry Hunsucker, Greg Hardy, Augusta Sakai, and Derek Lewis. The last win coming in February of this year. Um, look, man, as far as heavyweights get, go, this is about as good of a match as you're going to get. However, stylistically wise, uh, Gone, the France native, is a huge, huge favorite. Uh, what do you think about this matchup, my man? Do you think that he's going to get the win on his home soil? I think he should, man. I mean, what it's kind of tailor-made for him, right? You know what I mean? They kind of set him up for success here. Not saying as far as opponent, but as far as where they're doing it, and then a little bit in the opponent department, right? But it's not like Ty doesn't deserve to be there, because he totally deserves to be there. We're mm-hmm. both in agreement on that. But, uh, man, I mean, let's just keep it blunt, Josh. Sorogon is a better fighter than Ty. Can, we, can you say that comfortably? No, I don't think so. You, you think Ty's a better fighter than Sorogon? No, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think as of now, I think... I think they just have different styles. I don't think one's clearly better than the other, because I think Tai Tuivasa might be able to defeat everybody in this division, uh-huh. except Sirogan, just because stylistically-wise. I'll put it like this. Sirogan is a better mixed martial artist than Tai Tuivasa. Can we say that comfortably? Yeah, sure. Why not? I think I think that's a better way to put it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Yeah, why not? You know, because let's be honest, he really is. I'm not trying to say – that doesn't mean Ty isn't good at certain things and those certain things will be successful against Cyril. You know what I mean? <laughs> doesn't mean he can't come in with a game plan. But look, someone can be better in a lot of areas than you, but you can be good in one area and be really successful and find a, and make it work for you. But like mm-hmm. that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying fucking Ty is nothing to Cyril because clearly he's on to this point. He's done a great job. He's brought it back. But I'm, I'm going to be blatantly honest with you. I, I legitimately think Sorogon is a better mixed martial artist slash fighter than Ty. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be 100% with you. As far as the skill set they both bring, Sorogon's more diverse. He has multiple ways to win. He's probably the better athlete. Not going to lie to you. But don't be mistaken. Ty, Ty has his own thing too, even though he, the, the body looks one way, but he performs another way. Mm-hmm. As far as the actual match, uh, matchup, how it's going to go... I think for Searle, I mean, he, uh, he, look, he could, he could take this a number of different ways. I think he could take it to the ground, keep it on the feet, be at distance. For Ty, I think the way he fights, he's just gonna have to crush that fucking space, dude. Mm-hmm. Crush, crush that space. Kind of what he did with, uh, our boy Stefan Stroop way back in Abu Dhabi, back in fucking, what is it now? 2020. Wow. On that Habib Gaethje card. Seems like forever ago now. And he just deal with Searle's, uh, just, just pressure on Searle, weigh on him, and obviously, don't avoid any sort of takedowns, because uh, I don't I don't know how Ty's gonna do on the ground, but I I don't know, man. I don't know how it's gonna be against a guy like Gon who is crafty as him and looks like he has some sneaky submissions on the ground that he could get. And then on the feet, man, super disciplined. I don't think he'll have I think I don't think Stroll will necessarily have trouble there. But for Ty, obviously coming in, avoiding the jab, trying to break through, and I mean he could have fight in a way where he goes in and goes out, but I just don't know how that's gonna work out for Ty Tuivasa. Yeah, and, and I think there's a fight where Ty can absolutely surprise a lot of people. I, I see that so many people are like, oh, there's zero chance that Ty can win this. Ty Tuivasa is very, very good, and I think that he's made up a lot of ground over the last few years. 
Um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, he's just faced better matchups. And to a degree, I kind of agree with that. But look, ever since he went to AKA, he has been very, very good. And he's still only 29 years old. And he's improved a lot over the last couple of years. However, like, and I, like I said, he could beat everybody in the heavyweight division, but this is by far the worst matchup for him. And I don't think this is even a close second. Cyril gone on the feet. I mean, yeah, I understand Nganu had a hurt knee, but Nganu couldn't even touch him. Nganu is fast as hell and has power for days. Um, and Nganu, is a pre- Nganu might be the best striker in the heavyweight division, and he couldn't even touch zero. So if Nganu can't, I don't see how Taiju Vasa is going to be able to. I, I agree with a lot of your points. Like he's going to be, he's gonna have to crowd him. He's going to have to make this a dirty fight. But Cyril Gaon, dude, I think ever since he got taken down by Nganu, I can guarantee that motherfucker's done nothing but sprawl, sprawl training for the last <laughs> The last, like, what is it, seven months, eight months? Um, I think if he tries to get in close, I think Gon's going to be able to step out of the way. I think he's just very light on his feet, and I think he's probably the best striker in the heavyweight division right now. I think Zero Gon's going to be champion, and within the next year or two, I think this Nganu fight, people got to remember, dude, like, this guy, ju- similar to Nganu, honestly, when Nganu stepped up and he rose through the ranks so quickly, like, Zero Gon's been fighting MMA for less than four years. Like, full stop. Like, he just, like, his debut was, well, I guess it actually it was four years this month. August 2018 was when he went and moved in MMA. He's been in UC for less than three years. So, um, yeah, man, I think Gon still has a lot of room to improve incredibly. So I think that he's going to get out here, and he's going to get a huge win on his home soil. May it be a bit boring? I think it might be. But I still think Sturdo Gon's going to walk away with the win. I still think he's a top contender in this division. I think he's that damn good. But I mean, I think he's gonna get a finish. If I'm being honest with you, you think he's gonna get a finish, dude? Yes, that's actually surprising. I mean, has uh, I know that uh, Ty got finished by um, JDS. He also, oh, he also got finished by Spivak. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I could honestly, I could see Ciro Gan coming out here and subbing him. I don't know what the and he's been cracked in almost every win too, right? Like, what were, what were his fight? Derek Lewis, uh, Derek cracked, cracked him. Greg Augusto, Hardy cracked him. I don't him. think so. I know Greg Hardy also cracked him, though. I don't think Augusto did, but those are two that cracked him, so he's been cracked. Yeah. Early yeah. on. Yeah. Very early on in the fight. It was also a five-rounder, and I could see Cyril Gomes have a five-round experience now. I could see him I could see him getting a late finish. Maybe even, like I said, maybe even a sub if, if the fight somehow ends up on the mat. I mean, he's very underrated on the mat. Imagine Ty Tui also by fucking submission. Don't even say that. That won't happen. What, what's the line on that? Sometimes I wonder about that shit. Insane. But, yeah, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's a good main event. Very good main event. If UC is going to go to France, this is the type of fight you want to bring to it. But the co-main event, god damn, dude, this is a fight that, like, the main and co-main event is, is like, two of the greatest fights you're going to get on live TV this year, straight up. Um, co-main event, Robert the Reaper Whitaker, former UFC middleweight champion, He's coming off that really close fight with Izzy back in February. Came up short, but look, dude, he covered up. I mean, shows you how good he is. He went from, you know, getting knocked out by Izzy to cover, like, making up the ground to nearly winning in the rematch a couple of years later. Uh, he's going to be fighting Marvin Vittori in the co-main event, former title challenger, ranked number two. Uh, he's won something like seven of his last eight fights with that one loss also coming I, to Izzy. I, I found a line, by the way, if you want to know. Yeah. What's the line? Go ahead. Plus 2,800. Jesus. What's the line for Gama? Uh, via what? Via sub? Yeah, via sub. Because I think Plus that's what Oh, okay. That's so, nice. So if you yeah. bet 20 bucks on Ty via sub, it'd be 580. Damn. Solid. But, um, yeah, man, the co-main event, like I said, Vittori, 
He's on a good, he's on a good, both these guys, very good runs, but they're also at a weird place where they're also kind of locked out of the top of the middleweight division, but, um, anyways, man, this is a very good matchup, and what do you think about it, and who do you got? Look, I'm gonna keep picking Robert Whitaker, man. He can beat everybody in this division, I'm sure about it. Josh, do you know, the last time Robert Whitaker lost to someone who wasn't named Israel Adesanya was seven years ago? Jesus. It's been seven years since Robert Whitaker lost to someone without the name Israel Adesanya. That was Wonder Boy back in 2014. The start of 2014 at that. Damn. At a different weight class as that. Robert Whitaker has not lost to another individual since then who was not named Israel Adesanya. Since then, he's beat everybody else he's been put in his bat. Darren Till, J.R. Cannon, here, Kevin Gaslam. Look, I think this is probably the hardest fight right now that Robert can have outside of Izzy. It's probably Marvin Vittori. And Paul Acosta, I'd say those are two toughest guys. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm going to pick him because, look, he's just – he's still doing it. He's still on his run. Look, the Italian dream, good, right? Lost out of Sonia. Beat Paulo, but Paulo at a different weight class. Paulo wasn't that focused. Yada, yada, yada. Did he drink wine again? We'll never know. Kevin <laughs> Holland, who got cracked by late in the round. Uh, Jack Romanson, good one. That was tough. He got him out of there. Mm-hmm. But before that, it's – Carl Roberson, Andrew Sanchez, Cesarehan. Not bad guys, good guys, tough guys. But, I mean, Robert, I think, I think Roberts is going to be able to do it. I think it's going to be a banger of a fight. I think it's going to be a close fight. I think it's going to be back and forth. It's three rounds, which is the interesting thing. And I'm curious to see who in three, in three rounds who will benefit from the returning rounds. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it will probably be Robert rather than Marvin, but who knows? Really? I think the opposite. I, mean, I, think a, I think in a three-rounder, this really benefits Vittori. Well, it benefits because he has more time to – or less time to do a lot in a short amount of time. Where Robert with a five-round experience, obviously having fighting a longer time, more opponents, different styles. I think he benefits from having that kind of experience and being able to do things across five rounds, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think knowing that he has a limited time, time to work, I think he could do a lot to get this kid out of there. Okay. Which I is tough. That. It's a, yeah. it's a tall task. It's a tall task. I'm not saying he's going to finish Marvin, but it's a possibility. Marvin very well might have the best chin in the UFC. He I mean, might. I think he's he's right up there. Like he's taking some fucking hammers, dude. Hey man, you never know. Robert might catch that neck. That's true. That's true. I mean, Robert's ever. I, by the way, fun fact: I don't think Robert's ever won a fight via submission. I'm looking at it right now. For real? Fun fact. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Doesn't make sense. Never caught a neck or anything. Just doesn't chase it. Makes sense, though. I mean, if you can finish him on the feet, why do it on the ground, right? Yeah. The guy, this guy's 31, dude. What the fuck? There's so much time left. Izzy could retire and he could still fight for the title he had. Yeah, true, man. I mean, I think that... Um... So, hold on. Let me, let me just... Go ahead and hit me with your pick. Just so I I, I'm I picking like Robert Whitaker, man. Yeah. I'm picking Robert Whitaker. I feel like there's some people who are going to get off the Robert Whitaker train. I think you'd be mistaken. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Robert Whitaker is a guy that, like I said, I know that it's not super popular. I know that it's kind of like a, a minority opinion, but I did think that he beat Izzy in that second fight. That doesn't mean I think it's a robbery by any means. Like, Yeah. I, I don't even, like, sometimes they'll say, like, there's close but clear fights. That was not even a close but clear fight. Like, I could totally see the argument either way, you know? Also... If you compare both their Izzy fights, and I know it's not, we're not trying to do MMA math. If you compare both their performances, who had the better performance against the guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Robert, Robert had a significant, obviously, because he got finished, significantly better performance in the second fight than his first fight. Morbin had, I'd say, I think he might have even had a better performance in his first fight than his second fight, if I'm being honest with you. No, I completely agree. I, outside of the crazy submission attempt that he did get in, it was kind of impressive. I'll give him that. But yeah. Still. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, look, man, I think Vittori, I don't know what the line on this. I know for sure he's an underdog. I think Vittori stands a very good chance to win this. And I say this is like the hardest of hardcore Robert Whitaker fans. Like, I fucking love that dude. Like, that guy, like, I even saw he came out with like a, uh, you know, there's this guy, Alex Bahoon. Love Alex. Go follow him on Twitter if you have it. Um, great to hear this series called like, um, I don't remember what it's called, but the last five is like questions like, what's your favorite video game, favorite musician, oh, yeah. movie, and he, his, his answers were like, Fallout for best, like, favorite game, The Elder Scrolls Online, like, Final Fantasy VII, and he's like, favorite band, Rise Against. I'm like, man, Robert Whitaker is so fucking likeable. Like, what, what a Giga Chad, right? What absolute Giga Chad. By the way, I do have the line for you. I have two different Go ones. Uh, minus 230 for Robert and a plus 195 for Marvin, and then I have another one here that's relatively close mm-hmm. as well. Uh, minus 210 for Robert and a plus 180 for Marvin, which, you know, they're, they're pretty within close range for the most part. I think it's gonna narrow before the, um, you know. I think it's, I think it'll be it. near even at one point, for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think I it should be near even with the slightest of slightest favoriteness for Robert. I agree. And the thing about Vittori too is Vittori, how old? He's not even 30 yet, is he? He's like 28. Yeah. Yeah, he's 28. This kid's still getting better, and I think there's a very good chance that he could win this one. But as a Whitaker fan, I, like I said, I just got a bad feeling about this one as a Whitaker, Whitaker fan. But I am going to still ride with the Reaper. I think he's going to get it done. And I, I don't want to give, I don't want to drop any spoilers. But I told Angel this in the in the green room. I had a dream. I had a dream, and it's Israel Adesanya will knock out Alex Pereira. He'll get the finish. He will move up to 205 pounds to fight the winner of Projaka versus Teixeira too. What a and then Rob Whitaker will fight for the vacant belt. Against who? Couldn't make it out. I'm so sad you didn't see the other face, man. I, I asked you, did you, could you make it out? Did you see the I couldn't of the make shorts? it out. It was a dark figure. So they were black. No, I know, I know, I know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. No, Hold up. up. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Derek Brunson? <laughs> Blonde oh, Brunson? I would love that if that could happen. <laughs> Jerry Kane here? He was there? I don't know, man, but yeah, I think that is a very reasonable possibility. I mean, saw that. Or was it a dark figure? It could have been Andre Muniz. You know, he's he's not he's not black, but he's Jesus Christ. He's a t- <laughs> Look, I'm trying to figure out who it was. Chris Curtis. You're gonna ruin our fucking careers, dude. You gotta stop. I just try to figure out who it was. <laughs> who did you see? I don't know. I can't. But hey, you know what? If 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 I if I dream that dream again, I will let you know. Fuck me, dude. <laughs> Keep me updated. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, um, it's not it's not as good as my dream. I at least saw Max and Connor in my dream. That's true. You did. Um, dude, yeah. I saw Max in the red shorts too. Oh shit. But uh, anyways, man. Um, yeah. So this is overall like this this UFC France card. Is it like in, in in name value? Is it super high value? No. In terms of fights, though, super great, man. What are some fights you're most looking forward to on this card? I mean, there's one man, Josh, the most exciting man, and I love doing this whole speech, by the way. The most exciting man in MMA, man, at 145, the one and only Charles Air Jordan against Nathaniel Wood. Man, it's only been two, dude. By the way, that Shane Burgos Nathan, uh, uh, fight 
doesn't even seem like it was that long ago. <laughs> that was a uh, that was back in uh what would this be? Was this back in uh let me double back here. Okay, it was back in June. Holy shit. Jesus. At the start of June at that. That honestly feels like a month ago. The older I get, the faster time passes. I fucking hate it, dude. I hate it, dude. The summer, I feel like it just started, and it's September now. Dude, I know. I mean, soon, it, yeah. soon you'll be shitting your pants, dude, and have to wear a diaper before you know it. Angel, I already shit my pants. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, you're have to too, many, too many too many, uh, trips to Taco Bell. And too, like, just Man, Taco Bell's that yeah. one place that just fucks you up regardless. It just cleans you out. Sometimes you're not even ready. You know? Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, fuck, I fucking wish, dude. God. Give me that Mexican pizza. <laughs> Dude, I still... I'm still angry about that. <laughs> I'm still angry about that. Well, I'll have a whole conversation with you after the podcast about that. Just yeah, I'm still angry about that. But anyways, in terms of fights, yeah, man, that Charles Jordan, Nathaniel Wood, fight of the night. I mean, let's just go and call it. I mean, there's no point in messing around. That's it it should be. It could be, right? 100%. I mean, uh, Robert Whitaker, Marvin Vittori. It, there's a chance. There's a chance, but... um. Well, I mean, the other, another fight, another, another contender, John McDessie, veteran, who we don't really think about being around in the game for as long as he This motherfucker's been in the UC for 12 years, dude. Dude, he's damn near 40. That's crazy to think about, man. Um, yeah, he's 37 years young. Taking on Nazareth Hackerass, um, this is an excellent fight. Both these guys, they're not in the top 15. They're not going to be fighting for world titles anytime soon, but goddamn, they both come to bang every single time. So... That is going to be an excellent fight, which could be fight of the night as well. So that's a nice shot for them. Uh, as far as the undercard goes, man, I mean, you got Dustin Stolfitz back against Abu Zmagomedov. Ferris Zayim is going to be back. And I've seen Imavov versus Joaquin Buckley. That is an excellent fight. Isn't that crazy to you that that's not on the main card? Yeah, I'm super I'm, – I'm shocked that one is on the undercard. Isn't Nazarene ranked? Um, or damn near close. That's a, that's a good question. I'm looking at it right now. Just give me one. Yeah, he's ranked 12. There's a ranked match that's not on the main card. That's actually really surprising. And Joaquin Buckley should probably be ranked at this point, if we're being fully honest. He's won like five of his last six. I mean, I mean, that's why they're giving him this opportunity. Yeah, this is, so that makes sense. This fight has a lot riding on it for both guys. For Nazarene, he's taking a risk of fighting a guy who's not ranked. And then for Joaquin Buckley, he's getting the opportunity to jump right to 11. Mm-hmm. Or to twelve, just like that. I mean, I don't know. That's I feel like they should um, be in there instead of no disrespect. Very interesting decision. To me. Yeah, like if, uh, you can. Well, really, they they should be in Sarah like, of, instead of Dishiro. You know what I mean? And Kovalov. Yeah. Well, the, the the weirdest part is is that not only is it on the prelims, it's on the prelims sandwiched into the middle. It'd be one thing if they were like the prelim headliner because that kind of makes sense, but. This is just bizarre, honestly. There was room for them in there. It's it's weird. Yeah, but and they're guys who they have intentions with, and they're they're not in the fucking. I don't know. I I, I just think those guys deserve a main card spot personally, and they're going to be in France. And obviously, for fucking Nazarene, he's going to be in France. You know, the country he represents, and he's not going to be on the main card. I mean, they only have two French representatives on the main card. You know, on the main on the main card, and he's not one of them, and he's a ranked fighter. Yeah, correct. Just, just strange, but 
Yeah, man, that's a, that's a solid fight, though. At least it is happening. And uh, another fight I'm looking forward to, Benoit Saint-Denis is a kid out of France. He took that fight, short notice, against Ilzu Zaleski dos Santos back in uh, back in October 2021, UC 267. It got the shit kicked out of him. It was such a terrible, it was hard to watch at times. But this kid's only 26 years old. He's got a lot of talent. He came off a, a submission win in his last fight, and he's back on this card. Watch out for him against Gabriel Miranda on the prelims. Khalid Taha is back. Mm-hmm. Um, Needs to win badly. So we'll see what happens down at Bantamweight there. And Stephanie Egger taking on Aileen Perez. Women's featherweight. So a weight class that we never really talked about. They got this fight here, and then they got another fight next week. So women's featherweights heating up. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a short notice. She usually uh, the Allen fights at uh, Bantamweight. Well, never mind. It is not heating up. <laughs> yeah, they, she, they, uh, I forgot, someone was out, so it was supposed to be a different fighter. Oh, well, shit, never mind. So, it UFC is, debut, though, for yeah. Perez. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, I feel like I've seen her fight before, but, I mean, uh, I might, she actually sounds familiar. She's fought on the CFU, NFC, Samurai Fight Nights, if you've ever seen any of those. Samurai Fight House, so, I mean, who knows? No, I have not... Yeah, I've not seen a fight before. Never mind then. But anyways, yeah, that should, should be – that one is opening up the card. should be a fun fight. Uh, but, yeah, that's all we got for MMA this week. But there is a big boxing match, man. There's no titles on the line in this one. But Sad in a dude. heavyweight division where there's a lot of turmoil and essentially we're going to have probably a, a unified champion for the first time in over 20 years, which is pretty sick. Uh, that can happen in December from what I've heard, Usyk versus uh, Fury. But – uh, or January, but regardless, where this one could be fighting the winner of that. Uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. looking to get his second win in a row. He's, he's back on the comeback trail ever since he lost to Joshua in that second fight where he got really, really fat. Um, no other way to put it. Um, he got really, really, really big. And, uh, you know, he, he decided to change trainers. He trained with Canelo's uh, trainer for a bit. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, he decided he changed his trainer again. And now he's taking another step up in competition, fighting with Luis Ortiz, who's won two fights in a row by knockout, five of his last six with that one loss coming to Deontay Wilder. Uh, this one's going to be on pay-per-view on Fox Sports. Um, look, man, it's an excellent fight. Uh, what do you think about it? I mean, I think it's going to be a banger, man. This is a good matchup for both guys. I think it makes a lot of sense. They're both kind of trying to get back in that title mix. Obviously, I think Luis is kind of in a tough position, right? Older... Two two losses to this uh to the same guy, both knockouts. But he's been active and gone some finishes in between Alexander Flores, Charles Martin. But I mean it makes sense. Andy kinda decided to come back slow, took on uh our boy. Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh Chris Ariola. Had a fight for that one a little bit, got dropped if I remember right early on. Like a kind of not like a crazy I mean he didn't get on but dropped to a knee. Uh and uh, he's here. He's getting an opportunity again, or he's or he's finding himself in this position again. I didn't even know he wasn't working with uh, his uh, trainer anymore. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know who he's training with now. But I know that he left uh, Team Canelo. So no more working with Eddie Reno. So that's interesting. I wonder what happened there. And and he looked good in that. Uh, or look, it looked like they had done some changes. It looked like he he worked a lot on his body. It looked like he had taken his health. His dieting more serious, like he found a way to be, you know, still big, but mobile and healthy, you know, kind of find a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know. It seems I, I hope we I think we're going to see the results of it in this in this match. Obviously, uh, he has he has a name. He has he has some backing behind him. He has a following. And if he can get a win here, I don't think he's that far off from getting a big potential title opportunity if he can get himself in a position for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that um, Ruiz is in a really interesting position because <clears throat> the heavyweight division right now, there's obviously we got the we got the the big unify like the unifier and the unification fight between Usyk and Fury coming up. Likely, nothing's guaranteed with Tyson, but. Um, in the way that he acts, but you know, beyond that, there's no real clear contenders. That's what's kind of interesting right now. Josh was coming off of uh, two two losses in a row. Same thing for Wilder. Um, Helenas is going to be fighting Wilder, so that takes him up. You know, he was on a pretty good run. Um, like, who else is out there? I know Joe Joyce is going to fight. Um, oh man, Joseph Parker, maybe the winner of that. But I don't think either one of those guys have a whole lot of name value, and they're both not super. You know. Not a whole lot of people are really interested in them fighting for a unified title. I mean, Chisora's coming off a win, but even then, that was kind of a controversial one. Pula's coming off a loss. Like the, the winner of this is in a very good position. And I, I got to be honest, man. I think this is Andy Ruiz's fight for the taking. I like Luis Ortiz a lot, but and he's he's done really, really well to fight back against Father Time. But you saw in his last fight, I believe he fought Charles Martin, and he got rocked and dropped multiple times that one. It just seems like his legs were not underneath him. He came back from behind to get a TKO win. But he just he looked he looked like he aged a lot overnight. And whenever you get into your forties, that shit happens. You know what I mean? When you get into your forties, you get into late your late thirties, sometimes you just age overnight and you're not the same guy that you used to be. Even with Andy Ruiz, him changing camps, even with his weight issues, I think he gets to win here. I'm assuming you're in agreement. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. It's it's gonna be a um a good night of fights. Not good. this one's going down on Sunday for some reason. I, I don't know why. There's not exactly anything. Because even the UFC, man, UFC is going down probably at a different time. I realize I have not actually checked, but. Oh, yeah, because it's going to be in the morning because of obviously being in France. Yeah, so there you go. There's not even anything they're competing with, but they're still going to be doing this one on Sunday night. Um, overall, this, this is actually a pretty solid card, not in terms of like. Obviously, there's no titles on the line, but I know in the co main event, Isaac Cruz is going to be back. I see taking on Eduardo Ramirez. So that should be fun as well. Um, and then there's some other fights in the undercard. But, yeah, that's the one I'm most looking forward to. Charles Martin's also back, who just fought uh, Ortiz. So, I mean, look, man, for for, a, for uh, pay-per-views, normally in boxing, they're pretty trash. This one actually has a couple of decent matchups. So if you've got nothing else to do on Sunday, which I'm sure you don't, because football is not even back and it's nothing to do on a Sunday normally, feel free to watch this one. But, yeah, Angel D, we got a, we got a lot of news that we got to go ahead and hit, man. Um, first and foremost, and I'd say it's the most important one, and it's the one that is seemingly like has the most attention by far. Uh, Jake Paul. Now we talked, we haven't talked about Jake for a minute, um, because we've heard rumors about he might fight Andrew Tate, but even then Jake's like, nah, I'm good, you know. And he said he's gonna come back in October. We didn't know the opponent. I was he hasn't fought since December of um. You know, he's not fought since December of last year, which was the TKO, not TKO, Jesus Christ, knockout win over Woodley. Um, put him out cold. He's had two canceled matchups, and he tried to fight boxers. Well, it seems like he's going away from that, and he's just going to fight a fucking legend. <laughs> um, it seems that October 29th is not confirmed, but October 29th, likely in Phoenix, Arizona, according to what I've heard, 
Jake Paul will be fighting the Spider. Anderson Silva, former UFC middleweight champion, uh, moved over to boxing. Obviously, we know the story. In 2021, after his release from the UFC, he's beaten Chavez Jr. He beat, knocked out Tito Ortiz, which is really funny that somebody paid Tito Ortiz money to box. But look, dude, Anderson's look good. He's 47 years old, but goddamn, he's look good in the boxing ring. What is your initial reaction to hearing this? And just, uh, do you think this is the right matchup for Jake in his career at this time? I mean, fuck it. I mean, it's a big time name. Was always a possibility. Guy his size, but double his age, as they say. <laughs> as is, is 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 a striker by by trade, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll watch it. I'm interested, right? And, and for Anderson, I mean, it's it's money, man. I can't hate on anybody making their money if he if he goes in there and does his job and gets the victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it's it's a matchup that um, caught a lot of people off guard. I think that most people kind of expected that Jake, because his whole thing is about, even Chewie tweeted that he can be fighting a pro boxer with a winning record. I think everybody assumed, oh, an actual boxer. Anderson's a boxer, but he's not a boxer by trade. And, but at the same time, it's a good matchup. Uh, the line has already flipped. Uh, Jake Paul opened up as like, not a, not too heavy of a favorite. I think it was like minus 180. Anderson's already at like a minus 150 favorite. The line's already shifted dramatically. And if that holds, which I expect it will, it will be the first time that Jake has ever been an underdog in a fight. Um, so that's interesting for what it is. As of right now, obviously, we'll do the preview and the predictions and that shit like two months from now. As of right now, who are you leaning towards? Anderson Silva. No, not even, not even a question in your mind. No, I mean, he, he should probably win. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, that's what kind of what I'm thinking about too. Um, but like I said, when we were just talking about Luis Ortiz, whenever you get into your forties, like, like you, a flip, like a, a switch just get flipped. You know what I mean? And we already saw that happen with Anderson in the UFC. Just in boxing, he's been able to, you know, kind of put that shit off. You know, um, will he age overnight and and get knocked up by Jake Paul? That is a very real possibility. When you got a kid who's in his twenties. He's been training boxing for five years. He's on all the sazul that he can get his hands on, and he's been training nonstop. You know what I mean? That's a very good – he's got a work, good work ethic and stuff like that. I mean, there's a very real possibility that as much as people are like, oh, Anderson's going to fuck him up. He may not. There's a very good possibility that Anderson loses this fight, um, and I will I, – I might kill myself if that happens. And everybody so, just has to be okay with that idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling people to warn him. Like I said, I think if, if I were forced to pick right now – I would pick Anderson Silva to win. Just that, just going off of what I've seen in in the past in his most recent fights and seeing in Jake's most recent fights, I think the fact that he he got the knockout win over Woodley overshadowed the fact that he looked really fucking bad in that fight, uh, and so did Woodley. I mean, nobody looked good in that one. Um, Jake's never impressed me that much in his career. However, I will give him credit for beating the guys that he's supposed to beat. You know what I mean? And but when it comes to like a matchup like this. When it came to the Tommy Fury fight, the Hasim Rockman fight, I've, I, Jake's been the favorite for all those except for Anderson, and I've never saw, I've never seen why. You know what I mean? Uh, as of right now, I think Anderson should win, but I will say this: like I said, when you're at that age that Anderson's at, which is 47, which is kind of crazy to think about, um, that he's doing this stuff, he's nearly 50 years old. Sometimes you just get old, and it happens fast. So uh, we'll see if Anderson can get it done. I hope this fight happens. Um, I think it's the most intriguing thing for, for Jake right now. And I also think for Anderson, it's a solid payday for him to maybe not retire on. It depends on how long he wants to go. But 
yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens next after this one. But uh, that was not the only boxing match announced. Kind of in this sort of influencer space. It's kind of a weird one, honestly. Um, but it's one that, like, I'm kind of down with at the same time. Uh, Hasim Rockman Jr., who we just mentioned because he was supposed to fight Jake Paul, and that happened, and, you know, they were scheduled, and a whole lot of he said, she said, see, she said shit about the weight and so on and so forth did not end up happening. Uh, but he, he's got a fight. He's got a fight booked in the, funny enough, two weeks before Jake's supposed to fight Anderson Silva, he will be fighting a Brazilian legend himself in Vitor Belfort, um, who is obviously that had that uh, elder abuse fight with Evander Holyfield back last year. Um, October 15th and I believe Sheffield, England on DAZN will not be a pay-per-view. Apparently this is Misfits Boxing 2 is going to have YouTubers on the undercard. Oh, shit, uh, really? Yeah, Jay Swingler's going to be back, if you uh, remember him on the KSI Logan 1. So, yeah, um, it's been a while since I heard that name. Yeah, right? So, I mean, this is this is a weird matchup, but it's kind of one where it's like it's kind of interesting. It's intriguing enough for me to say, like, to want to see it. So what do you think about this one? It's It's so random, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. I guess it's kind of JJ's way to kind of get at Jake, be like, hey, motherfucker, I got this guy now. In a, yeah, in a weird, it, indirect way. Yeah, in a weird, indirect way. And I also think it kind of makes sense because Vitor is still, I mean, good Lord. Like, <laughs> if you guys haven't checked out his Instagram lately, like, he is, he's ready, you know. Um, he looks like he's fucking 28 again. So, By the yeah, way, Vitor, not, I didn't but, know his kid was, like, a high, sought-after high school recruit in football as a quarterback. Oh, yeah, he's one of the top recruits in the nation. He's, he's got them Belfort jeans, that's for sure. Oh, wonder how it was created. Right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, man, I mean, Vitor is a, uh, he's a specimen. And even at his age, I believe he's 44, he's still fast as hell. He's got good power. Um, this is a, this is a test for Hasim Rockman, you know? Um, this should be a fun fight. We'll see what happens, though. I mean, I think I think it's one of those fights where it's like it, it's very weird, but it's also weird enough for me to be intrigued. I'm like, okay, you know, like I can get down with this, you know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we'll see what happens with that one. That's October fifteenth. We'll see how that card, um, you know, gets filled out over the next coming months. Dude, imagine if Vitor wins that. <laughs> There's a very real possibility that he does. Yeah, There's that a Jake. very good possibility. I even saw Vitor when he announced the fight on Instagram. He's like, "Well, because Jake Paul won't fucking fight me, I'll fight Hasim Rockman." <laughs> Or something along those lines. Like, yeah, he's like, I'll just have to beat his opponent. Yeah, like, I'm like, all right, Vitor at 40, however old, you know, 44, 45. He's like, he's still game, dude, so. That, that kind of goes hard, not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, Vitor is, like, he's that guy. He's still that guy. Even at his age, he's still that guy. And I'm glad to see he's still around because, you know, he was supposed to fight in one, and that never happened, and he just kind of had a weird post-UC career run. He had that one boxing match, and that, you know, with a, an ancient Evander Holyfield. Imagine know? if he would have fought in one. I think there was a lot of good matchups for him. I mean, I, he was supposed to fight, um, oh, man, that, that really crazy athletic guy, Elaine Nagamani. He was supposed to fight him. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot. That was a thing. Yeah, that would have been an insane matchup, dude. So that, that guy was fucking juicy, dude. Yeah, he, I mean, he still fights, he, and he's fuck me, that guy's forty five. He looks like that. 
Yeah, you know what? He comes to, he comes to bang though. He's only had one fight never go to decision. So um, that would have been awesome, but that one didn't end up happening. Pretty sure that one got canceled because of COVID. But it yeah, is sad he, that he never got that uh, debut though in one. Yeah, he never did, and um, yeah, it's kind of a shame. But I am I am reasonably excited for this fight though. It's going to be weird. It's going to be wacky, but I'm down with it, dude. So um, yeah, in terms of like. Fight announcements. I believe that's the only thing that we got on the docket, but we did have, uh, we do got a fight to go over. Just go things, Angel. Just go things. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Last Friday night, one on Amazon Prime. It was their big debut. They had an excellent card capped off by Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He lost by knockout. First time his career facing this young Brazilian kid who is so much bigger than him. He's a monster. Three time one champion. But guess what? It don't matter where you're going against the GOAT. He knocks him out with, uh, he just lands a straight right, and then he has a flying knee. He got, he got the revenge with the knee of all things, the thing that put him out in the first fight. <clears throat> he knocks him out, becomes one flyweight champion. Dude, I mean, at this point, DJ, he's just doing side quests. You know what I mean? He made his, he made his career in the UFC. He was a fly, he's the flyweight GOAT. And then he moves to one championship. He wins a couple fights. He loses in his bid for the title, but comes back, wins a rematch. I mean, what can you even say about this kid at this point, man? I, I say kid, he's 36, but what can you even say about him at this point? I mean, it's just, it's unreal. He's just stacking accolades on top of accolades at this point. I saw some people talking about like how it was a tragedy that they you see let it go, and I, and I get where they're coming from. I think if anything, I think it's it was one of the biggest mistakes they made because they could DJ could have just kept going. Mm-hmm. The fact they prevented him from still going, I think, is the fucking real. And they and they took him away from a trilogy rematch that should have happened. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, I did see an interview with DJ where apparently he he talked about how he was debating leaving the UFC even if they didn't trade him, just because he wanted a new challenge and he didn't think he was going to get paid anymore, and the, the relationship between him himself and the UFC was was so deteriorated by that point. So I think even if he didn't get traded, he even talked about it. He was like, yeah, my options were to fight Cejudo and stay in the same spot that I am, or to try and get a UFC, my, get out of my contract. And then, like, probably a month later, you know, one offered to, you know, trade for him. So, um... I mean, one won the trade. I don't think, I don't think, it is. honestly... I gotta be honest, this is an unpopular opinion because everybody wants to have like a winner or a loser. I don't think anybody won or lost that trade just by virtue of both sides got what they wanted out of it. Who did you see it again? Ben Askren and who else? They only got Ben. So they got rid of Sage Northcat? It gave up, I don't know about that, bro. They, they, well, Sage wasn't a part of it. It was just DJ for Ben straight up. Oh, Sage ended up just getting released and they signed him? Yeah. Just right around the same time. Just coincidental. Oh, wow. Okay. Um,. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they both got what they wanted out of it because DJ wanted to leave. The UFC didn't really like DJ, and they got Ben Askren, who sent, who became a star in the UFC and turned uh, Masvidal into a star. So I think they both got what they wanted, and, and one got legitimacy. So I think it worked out for everybody in the end, honestly. By the way, you know, we haven't seen Sage fight since 2019. Yeah, right? and he was calling for a fight with uh, Shinya Aoki recently. Yeah, you know how old Sage is now? Don't even tell me. I'm going to feel so old. He's still 26. He's still so fucking young. Oh, Jesus Christ. He is young. Dude, right? This fucker has... Dude, wow. Was he like 19 when he came into the UFC? Yeah, I believe so. 
That's crazy. I just remember watching him make his debut. I think it was I think it was like on the undercard of DC versus Gus, and he just nuked this dude in a minute. Yeah. He just nuked him out of him. Like, God damn, yeah, this kid's you're the right. I see it. Yeah, I was like, damn, this kid's the future, and then it just didn't end up happening that way. He wasn't even bad though. Like he lost to Mickey Gall, and he lost to Brian Barrera. There was his only losses in the UFC. Besides that, he beat everybody else. He won three fights after he lost to Mickey Gall. Yeah, I mean, he left the UFC right whenever it seemed like, oh shit, he's turning a corner, you know. And then he went to one championship, and they gave him this monster, Cosmo Alexander, who's fucking insane, and he knocked him out and broke like his. He literally broke his face. By the way, Cosmo has not fought since then. Just so you know. Yeah, just disappointing. But um, yeah, man. I mean, back to the original topic of DJ. I mean, this is just. This is next level goat things, man. I mean, for him to leave the promotion, go to one of the other top promotions in the world, arguably number two, and to win his title there, up a weight class too. Because people got to remember, he's not fighting 125. And I saw him came out recently. He's like, I'm not going to fight at 125 again. I'm not doing it. I just for my kidneys, for my body, I can't do it. You know. And so for him to go to a different weight class, new organization, and win the title against this young monster, I mean. Poor DJ, dude. He's not even fighting at 135, really. He's fighting against 145 as well. He's weighing in at 135. Yeah, right? I saw that, um, Adrian Omar, look, I like one, but they gotta just, why do you, why, why do you feel the need to lie about stuff? You know what I mean? Like, oh, we eliminated weight cutting, you know? And it's like, seven guys failed their hydration test for one, and then they let him fight the next day. Like, oh yeah, well no, they passed it later on. They somehow lost weight to make the cut, but they also gained fluid in their body. Like, fuck off. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there's no way. I mean, Adrena Marais, he used to fight at 125, but you can't tell me that kid's the same. He does not weigh the same as DJ. They have eight inches of height and differential between them, and he looks so much bigger weight, mass-wise, too. But, um, you know, maybe we're just maybe we're just hardcore DJ defenders, but... Um, Everybody he's fought and won, with the exception of Rod Tank, has been so much bigger than him. So, um, anyways, man, I mean, yeah, just goat things. That's, that's all I can really say about it. I mean, Demetrius Johnson is the goat. He's that fucking good. So, um, yeah, man, solid win by him. But since we were talking about Ben Askren, we should go ahead and transition real quickly. Ben Askren actually came out. Somebody asked him on Twitter. And like, they asked him, what do you think about a Moswell rematch? And he said, it's the only fight... I would come out of retirement for. Ben Ashton has not fought since, I believe, November of 2019, which was his, uh, you know, fight with Damian Mai where he got subbed. Prior to that was the fight with uh, Jorge Masvidal in July of 2019 where he got knocked out. Um, this fight actually makes a lot of sense to me personally, but I'm curious what you think about it. Because this is one where it's like, I don't know, dude. I, I just don't have any really interest. I mean, if they do it, fuck it, right? Make your money. And I'm sure Ben still has fights on his UFC contract, and it's not like... Does he have any fights left? Yeah, correct. I think he still has uh, one or two fights left. And Dana let him fight uh, Jake? Yeah, correct. I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah, he's still with the UFC. But yeah, I mean, if he wants to do that, fuck it if they let him. But I mean, I personally have no interest in Jorge's still a ranked guy. He could get some ranked opponents if he wants. I mean, the title, I think, is pretty much out of the picture. I mean, he got, and he just got knocked out for the first time in his career not too long ago. I mean, I don't know. For Jorge, I think it's just do whatever you want at this point. Yeah, I also think Jorge's getting to that age to where it's like he's not going to be a contender and he's not going to win the title. But he's also such a huge name and you don't want to taint his name value. I think from that perspective, it makes sense. This is also going to be a huge fight. Like, it's like a co-main event, maybe five rounds. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I'm down with it. I also think that like Jorge, there's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of like names that he can really fight right now. Like, like who would you book Jorge against if not like a like not even just in general? Who would you book Jorge against if you're taking somebody like Ben Askren out of the picture? Wonder Boy. I mean, but I mean, if you want to sell big, then Connor. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they should do Connor. Colby here from now. You know, again, if they if that does make any sense. I think I think Jorge. Part of the reason why I think I want seeing this fight. Like, I don't mind it, because Jorge really badly needs a win. Yeah, like, it, like he really needs a win in order to go ahead and keep his name value and make all those fights happen. Like, he, I'd be down for a rematch with Colby if, you know, he wins a fight in between then. To give me something that maybe think is going to be, like, different, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, actually, this is a fun one. Jorge said he wants a title shot next against Leon Edwards. He got history. Angel, would you rather see a rematch with, with Ben Askren or a rematch with Leon Edwards? Rematch with Leon Edwards. <laughs> Keep it honest with you. I mean, they could give him like a Luke type. The issue is those guys don't have this as a main value, but they're they'd be fun fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Wonder Boy makes a lot of sense, but the one the UC's fully intent on having Wonder Boy get killed apparently. So yeah, for some reason. I mean, they offered him Shawcott. I think they also offered Sean Brady and then some, somebody else. They're like, like, yeah, dude, we hate you. You're 40 years old. And get the fuck out, dude. Like, it's just, We're going to kill you, dude. Yeah, it's just... I hate the way the UC's been. Instead of letting you go out on your own terms, you're going to go out on our terms, even though you're, like, the nicest guy in the whole fucking promotion. Like, yeah, you're sure you've, you've given us a lot of entertainment, been a company guy, done a lot, but... Been a geeky chad... Have you thought about getting destroyed by a guy that we want to build up? Exactly. <laughs> sure, you're 40. Why don't you fight this young monster? He's undefeated. Just. What's the worst that could happen? You get knocked out? Man, what's the worst thing that happens? You lose a fight? like. And then we'll cut you, and then you'll end up, you're just in your career on the sidelines, bro. Like, isn't that, isn't that awesome? <laughs> Fuck the UC. Anyways, but, um, yeah, Jorge's got a couple of options, though, but... I wouldn't mind Ben Askren coming back for, a, like, a an actual one final fight. You know, I always thought he had more to give after the Damian Maya fight, but... But um, he was he was pretty worn out at that point, though. He was. He was. And maybe getting the hip replacement, taking some time off, even training boxing, which is hilarious. He said it's the first time he's... He even admitted, he's like, yeah, I've never trained striking up until now. <laughs> really? Kind of, never bothered? No, not as, no, not at all. Wow. Yeah, even his coaches talked about that in the past. They're like, yeah, we don't even... We know Ben at this point. We're not even going to ask, you know? So, um, anyways, man. Um, last bit of news, and it's a retirement. It's a retirement I thought had already happened. You would think so, right? It did not. Uh, Vanderlei Silva, legend of the game. I mean, I actually just read his book, funnily enough. If, if you guys got a Kindle, you have. It's for some reason the the English version is only available on Kindle. You can read Vanderlei Silva's biography. It's translated, so it comes out a little bit weird. But um, yeah, solid book. I read that. Literally finished it two days ago. He announced this morning on the Trump, Tropicana Franca podcast, which is a Brazilian MMA podcast. He's like, "Yeah, I'm retired. I'm done." Apparently, he's going to be coaching for his son Thor, who apparently trained jujitsu for like a long time, and he's been like, um. He's been training for a long time. He's going to make his amateur debut, funnily enough, on the undercard of Chris Cyborg's professional boxing debut next month. Uh, but, yeah, Vanderlei said he's going to call it quits. He said, like, if there's, like, a boxing match that came along, um, 
such as like a Vitor, like a rematch with Vitor because they fought in MMA or some other big name. He'd be down for it, but in MMA, he's never going to find MMA again. So, Angel, Vitor Balfour, legend of the game. What are, you, what, are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts about his career? Him deciding to hang it up. Obviously, he's, I believe he's 42, 46, excuse me, much older than I thought. But, um, yeah, man, what are, your, what are your thoughts on him calling it quits? I mean, good for him. He's old. He's probably at peace with life. It's not like he's been active in MMA ever since I've been watching. So, good for him, right? True. I mean, his last fight came. Well, actually, I guess he did fight when I was watching. It was, it was, he had to chill and rampage when Hampage. Yeah, September 2018 was the last time he fought, which was the fourth fight with Rampage Jackson. He lost by TKO. So, yeah. And prior to that, he lost to, against uh, Chael on pay-per-view in Madison Square Garden. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, just an insane career. I, I maintain that Vanderlei's run from, like, 2000 to 2004 might be one of the most impressive things in the sport. Just an absolute fucking killer. I mean, knock, three knockouts over Sakuraba. A knockout of a rampage, a draw with Crow Cop, um, beat Dan Henderson, beat Guy Metzger. I mean, just an absolutely insane run, man. I mean, be a couple other guys in there like Yuki Kondo, uh, Minawa, a lot of good guys. Just an insane run. Even his, even his EOC and, and Bellator run, he still had some solid moments like knocking out Kun Lee, uh, and knocking out Brian Stan and, and a couple other guys. So yeah, man. Vanderlei is an absolute legend. Congrats on an incredible career. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see what his son can do, honestly, because I, he, I know, he talked about his son in his book, which came out a couple of years ago, and he was talking about how his son's been training and how his son's been doing jujitsu since he's been, like, a kid, you know, and, um, yeah, man, so we'll see what happens there, but, uh, yeah, congrats on your incredible career. As far as, uh, the show goes, is there anything else you want to talk about before we close out? No, man, I mean, I'm just excited to get back in the mix, obviously, it's, it's always so weird coming off a week of no MMA. But hopefully once we're back on it, everything's back to normal. We get back into our regularly scheduled uh, broadcast and, uh, you know, everything is just afloat from there. And we're nearing the end of the year, which is crazy to say, but, you know, you, MMA always, uh, and especially the UFC always, you know, goes hard. And, and I think all combat sports go hard near the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in it for a good one. We have a lot of stuff that we're excited for. We're obviously a lot of announcements. Uh that apparently Dana's supposedly going to make after this Abu Dhabi card. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously with each day that goes by, new fights are being made, people are getting ready, and someone is getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Um, I feel like all – it's a good point. I feel like all combat sports kind of go hard near the end of the year. I don't know why. Like July is like a big month, but outside of that, it's like October, November, December – Motherfuckers just go hard, man. So, yeah, it is a little bit weird having no MMA, but, uh, look, man, we made it work, and, uh, very excited for this upcoming week and excited for UC 279. Canelo's fighting later this month. No shortage of, of good things coming up. So, um, hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm at Josh Shevinoff on Twitter. He's at AngelsRtaker underscore 01 at courtside sound for all things related to the show. Uh, realgendry.com, code sound off for 10% off. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.